from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the official podcast of the Archdiocese. Here now your moderator, Public Affairs Director Taylor Henry. Thank you, Elizabeth LaSalle, and today we are welcoming EWTN producer John Elson, uh, who joins us by telephone from EWTN headquarters in Irondale, Alabama. John, welcome. Thank you, Taylor. It's good to be with you. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll share with our listener the reason why uh, we're talking to John today is an upcoming premiere of a new original EWTN documentary called Frontline Fathers. Uh, which was uh, shot mainly in Korea. And, John, you and your crew visited some of our chaplains there. Tell us a little about, a little about that. Sure. Well, the uh, filming took place uh, in uh, late August and early September of 2018, uh, last year. And we had initiated a kind of a discussion uh, with your good office and, and uh uh, we really much appreciate the help of the Archdiocese for Military Services to help us identify um, the Catholic chaplains in the field uh, on active duty. And as you mentioned, they traveled to Camp Humphreys, uh, which is located uh, south of Seoul uh, in Korea and uh, is a gigantic uh, facility. Uh, more than 28,000 um, Army soldiers are based there. And I believe it's, if not one of, if not the largest, uh, military facility in all of Asia. So it was a great honor to interact with uh, with uh, two uh, Catholic chaplains. Uh, There's uh, Captain Major Father Paul Anthony Halliday, uh, who is a chaplain with the Second Combat Aviation Brigade, and we also had the pleasure of interacting and interviewing uh, Chaplain Captain Father Joseph Campbell, who's a chaplain, as I mentioned, of the 11th Engineering Battalion. Uh, both U.S. Army um, chaplains. So we were uh, very much impressed with them um, as uh, and their story, and it's something that we're very proud to present in the in the documentary. And the occasion for this production, uh, no doubt, uh, centered around the uh, heightened tensions nowadays between the United States and North Korea. Yeah, I mean, actually, we were, you know, open to, and we're still, you know, continuing to, you know, be very open to continuing this concept with other, perhaps, branches of the U.S. military. And, you know, there, there was uh, a moment in the summer, as you remember, of last year, where we were wondering if, if hostilities were, were, were getting to the point where we might have to cancel uh, the filming because of the personnel being on more of a active um, engagement you know, type footing. And, uh, you know, with these types of things, you don't know if family members will be, you know, relocated or what have you. And there was missiles flying over Japan. North Korean missiles were were flying over everywhere, it seemed. So we, there was some uncertainty, at least in the early summer, whether we would still uh, continue with the filming, um, just given the, the busyness of the base at the time, if there was an active uh, state of conflict. So uh, that was uh, part of the inspiration. The other inspiration is that we were already planning a filming uh, in Korea for a video magazine concept uh, called Catholic Korea, which will be premiering in late September 2019 uh, on the network. And so our feeling was, while we were there, 
we why don't we try to uh, you know to develop this frontline fathers concept? And so it, it really all worked out really really well, um, timing wise, and just from, the, from an execution standpoint. And I'm sure our listener knows the Archdiocese for the Military Services has priests stationed the world over, all over the world, with uh, everywhere the U.S. military is, our our guys are there. Uh, we are the uh, nation's only global archdiocese. How did you find things in Korea? Well, uh, the, uh, the the personnel, I think we were, were really struck <coughs> by the uh, the youth, uh, the, the quantity of, of people in the 18 to 40, 40 year range, um, which was really a uh, you know uh, a, a bit of surprise um, for for some of the team. Um, and overall, just the the level of commitment uh, and zeal that the uh, that, that the young Catholics had uh, for their faith. I, we remember uh, Father Joseph Campbell uh, before his assignment to Camp Humphreys had wondered if, uh, as he said, if the if the soldiers would be uh, too cool for school, quote unquote, meaning <laughs> would they would they would not really be that interested in uh, having a chaplain speaking to them and, and ministering to them. But actually, he's found just the opposite to be the case, that they are extraordinarily grateful uh, for the uh, for the sacrifice, um, the witness of these chaplains, obviously leaving their own families, extended families, uh, in the U.S., and uh, are very much, uh, you know, living day-to-day with, with the troops in, in terms of, you know, their, their, how they live on the base and how they interact with, with, the, uh, with, the, with the troops. And the other area that we know is, you know, within the Catholic faith is that it, uh, it, it's a place where all, all people of all cultures and all backgrounds can, can feel at home and are treated equally. And so you can have uh, officers and enlisted men and women You'll have uh, independent contractors interacting with air, uh, you know, air brigade personnel. So you have this incredible mix of, of individuals um, all kneeling at the same time, standing at the same time, worshiping together, which does create a, a very powerful family feel. And that's something that uh, was very notable um, uh, within the, the parish setting. And in this case at Camp Humphreys, it's Our Lady Queen of Peace, which is such an interesting and uh, meaningful name for Our Lady and the name of a parish located uh, in Camp Humphreys, which uh, is uh, in an area that unfortunately is uh, is uh, is a bit heated right now in terms of the tensions between the uh, the North Koreans and the uh, and, and the South Korean governments at the, at this present time. Is this parish in near or in the DMZ? It's within. It's within. It's within Camp Humphreys itself, and that's being ministered, and that's where. Both Father uh, Paul Anthony Halliday and that's where Father Joseph Campbell both serve the uh, the, the the Catholics uh, there at that parish. The Catholic military chaplains have a long, rich history in Korea, going all the way back to Father Emil J. Capon, who uh, died in a uh, North Korean uh, prisoner of war camp. And uh, uh, back in 2013, President Obama posthumously awarded him the Medal of Honor and. Uh, uh, I'm sure you know the history of Father Capon. Sure. And uh, the, so, the, the, the does his story, and uh, in, in for for the benefit of the listener, uh, uh, Father, uh, numerous heroic deeds are attributed to Father Capon. He uh, carried a wounded uh, soldier uh, on a, a long hike after uh, their unit was captured uh, to 
to the prisoner of war camp and then afterward risked his own life going out and foraging food in the surrounding fields for the uh, his starving comrades, and he eventually died himself. Did you find that his story uh, inspires uh, the fathers uh, Campbell and Halliday and uh, their yeah. cohorts? Yeah, I think I think I think it all fits in within that absolutely, as they were discerning their own vocational uh, paths. Um, it absolutely, you know, I think was a, a story that definitely resonated with them, which you have in Father Capuan, and which you have in these in these chaplains and other chaplains uh, serving in the other. Branches of the U.S. Armed Forces are this its incredible sense of, of, of self-gift, uh, which you had there is the selflessness with Father Capuan, which you see also imitated by these priests uh, in, in the field, uh, ministering to uh, to young and old alike, although the, you know, there seems to be a certain uh, interesting number of 18- to 40-year-old um, servicemen and women. There's also obviously more senior people who also obviously you know require... Uh, you know, uh, spiritual uh, spiritual needs, if you will, and so that's something that uh, was really uh, you know very interesting to see is that you have these chaplains, uh, you know, having to minister to large numbers of Catholic faithful. Not only is it the the soldiers on the base, but even their families. So, and because of the current shortage of Catholic priests um, in in the U.S. chaplaincy. Uh, you know the the ratio is quite large uh, across all of the military branches, as you know, with one Catholic priest ministering to more than 1,700 uh, military personnel, and if you add their families uh, on top of that number, you're dealing with a pretty striking ratio. And the fact that they're globally dispersed. Globally dispersed, absolutely. So you have yeah. numerous uh, situations where uh, servicemen and women are not able to attend Mass uh, for weeks at a time. Uh, they go without access to the sacraments, and uh, it's truly a blessing now when a Catholic chaplain is there. What do you hope the viewer takes away from this documentary? Well, I, I think we're really blessed to uh, be premiering the program um, just uh, prior to the Memorial Day weekend, and uh, it's really something that we feel you know very proud about um, I think the biggest issue is just that uh, our our uh, our listeners and our our viewers of the of the program really do keep these chaplains in their prayer, uh, also to continue to pray uh, for vocations uh, to the priesthood. What a striking uh, fact that Father Joseph Campbell shared with us that although military families make up only two percent of the Catholic Church in America, they give the Church in America. Uh, 20% of their vocations to the priesthood and the religious life. So it's a disproportionate um, percentage. Um, you know, 2% of the total population of Catholics in the, in the United States, but yet they give 20% of the vocations to the priesthood and religious life. And so obviously you have families that are rich in discipline, uh, rich in service to, 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 to God and country, uh, and and uh, you know you, you see all the the fruits of these families in these young men and women serving their country uh, in in very challenging um, circumstances. So, in addition to praying for uh, these chaplains and others like them throughout the all of the five branches of the U.S. military, we'd also love and enjoy and appreciate having uh, having our our, uh, our the people who are watching the program on uh, on through EWTN and, and through the uh, Archdiocese for Military Services uh, website, 
to just keep these young men and women in prayer uh, as they uh, discern their way forward. Many of them are going through, uh, you know, in their 20s where the, uh, all these choices are presented to them, whether they enlist, re-enlist, get married, pursue vocations, um, you know, to the priesthood, religious life, just that we can continue to hold them up in prayer for their safety and blessing during this uh, very challenging time. As we see in Korea, is uh, beginning to kind of heat up. You have uh, situations right now in the Middle East, and you have uh, lots of sailors and, and Marines and other uh, members of the uh, U.S. Army uh, throughout bases in, in that region, just so we can really uh, pray to Our Lady of Peace to bring peace uh, to our troubled world. And you stop and think about it, it should come as no surprise that so many of our priests do come from military backgrounds. As you point mm-hmm. out, uh, the they uh, are uh, adjusted to a life of discipline. They're committed to service, and uh, they are accustomed to looking beyond themselves. Yeah, and I guess, and, and, and just to build on that, I mean, one other thing that uh, Father Halliday mentioned is the benefits to a diocese if a uh, the local bishop with, within one of the dioceses here within the United States were to allow, uh, you know, his priests. To, uh, to be deployed and to be serve as military chaplains, all the many benefits that would come to a diocese uh, by giving a, uh, a, uh, a priest, a diocesan priest, this opportunity, whether it be the ability to interact with these uh, 18 to 40-year-olds, which is, uh, you know, we can call that the millennials, if you will, um, uh, which uh, everyone seems to want to reach, uh, in different ways, whether it be the secular, you know, secular uh, corporations and, and what have you, but even within the church, there's a, a desire to, to to reach out to this younger population of Catholics. And here you have a, a, a large number in active duty right now, so it gives a priest an opportunity to interact with that population in a very direct way, and also allows the the priest uh, to really. Uh, present uh, back to the diocese, perhaps after their, their, their term, whether it be four, six, eight years, whatever the local bishop might permit, it really brings back to the parish and back to the diocese a very robust kind of masculine image of, of, the, of the priesthood, which I think is only something that can, uh, can bless all of us and, and encourage more vocations. And not only that, but the men and women who serve come from the very diocese that uh, supply priests. That's right. So That's they're right. serving the in in a way they're serving their own, uh, even as they serve the greater military community. That's absolutely right. The shortage has been going on, as you know, John, for many years. Just since nine eleven, uh, we've seen our uh, ranks of Catholic military chaplains decline from more than four hundred now to fewer than 200. That's 200 for the entire military. And uh, so it's a desperate situation, as Archbishop Brolio has uh, told the, uh, his fellow bishops. And speaking of Archbishop Brolio, he will be on EWTN that same night, uh, next Wednesday night, May 22nd at 8 p.m. on EWTN Live with Father Mitch Pacwa, correct? Yeah, we're very, uh, yes, exactly right. We're very uh, honored to have His Excellency uh, travel down here to Irondale. We know he's extraordinarily busy, uh, you know, to, with all of the work that he's doing to uh, to maintain and, and grow uh, the ministry, uh, the incredible ministry that uh, these chaplains uh, have for, for so many hundreds of thousands of, of Catholic uh, military personnel. So to have him come down here, and basically what he'll do is he'll uh, help us preview, uh, preview and, and premiere uh, the, the program uh, later that evening. 
and and spend the uh, the majority of the time just talking about the the chaplaincy, uh, you know, the, uh, the nature of it, current needs, and to invite our uh, our viewers to to help uh, uh, both spiritually and and just get the word out, and obviously uh, any other way that they can. We're talking to EWTN producer John Elson, the producer of the upcoming documentary Frontline Fathers, which will premiere on EWTN. Wednesday night, May 22nd, 2019, 10 p.m. Eastern. The program will also be aired uh, the following day at 3.30 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Thursday, May 23rd, and again on Memorial Day at 10 a.m. May 27th. John, do I have all those dates right? That sounds great. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well and <laughs> so, uh, and this isn't your first rodeo, John. You were a co-producer on... Uh, Called and Chosen, the uh, uh, documentary about uh, uh, Father Vincent Capadano that uh, came out a couple of years ago on the 50-year anniversary of his uh, death in Vietnam. Uh, For the benefit of our listener who's not so familiar with uh, production and what a producer does, what does a television producer do? And uh, maybe you could share a little bit about pulling together this particular documentary, Frontline Fathers? Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. It's a great question. Each project presents its own, uh, has its own dynamic, its own, you know, kind of requirements. But, but running through all television projects uh, are, are three primary stages. You have your pre-production, which is before you actually roll cameras. You have your actual filming, or what we, one could call production. And then you have your post-production, when you edit uh, the program and, and put all the pieces together. So with the uh, <laughs> excuse me, the Father Capadano program, we were delighted to uh, have a, a very uh, you know really excellent collaboration again with the Archdiocese uh, for Military Services. We had the Capadano Guild uh, assist us with some uh, resources and also uh, really uh, you know provide uh, the, the the Marines in, in, in the case of the story of Father Vincent Capadano, who actually fought with. Uh, fought, I should say, uh, in the battle in which um, Father Capadano was killed, again, ministering to a fallen soldier, a fallen Marine, I'm sorry. So basically you had this incredible um, you know, witness of these, of these men uh, who were uh, now a bit older, but they were able to relive for the viewer the, uh, the, the very day that Father Capadano was killed, uh, where they were individually, where they were as a unit, and to uh, really recreate uh, that battle space, uh, which is something that was uh, really remarkable uh, for everyone um, to, uh, to see. What was also very touching is that we had a group of young, uh, young college students who each of them played a different Marine in the actual docudrama. So the, uh, the guild was able to fly the uh, individual Marines, the, the older Marines who actually fought in the battle, to meet these young actors, and they were each uh, each of the Marines took each of the uh, actors, the ones that each actor who was playing his specific role, and walked them through what what it was like, what their thoughts were at the time, what their specific circumstances were in the battle, so that the the actors could really bring that to their individual performances as they play the different the different Marine roles, and so that was a very very powerful experience for these young men. Uh, many of whom were, you know, just very, just starting out, if you will, in life, and to and to hear these experiences of these uh, of these older uh, Marines was was quite gripping. Uh, 
a very touching uh, thing happened after the filming. So at the end of the filming, there was a rap party, which is a, kind of a term used to describe when the director, the producers, the camera people, uh, the actors, uh, and these Marines all got together for a final dinner. And without, any, without knowing what was coming, the young actors had decided to uh, serenade and salute these Marines for their service in Vietnam. And it was a very emotional time, evidently. From what I understand, there was no dry eye in the house. Uh, because these Marines, uh, many of whom had perhaps never been thanked and never been honored in this uh, in such a powerful way. So really the spirit of, uh, of Father Vincent was there, the spirit of, uh, of, 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 of mentoring, of, of guiding, of helping, helping others. Uh, it was really a, a beautiful uh, filming. And with this, uh, with this Frontline Fathers program, we had a uh, kind of an all-international uh, group, if you will. We had, uh, similar to what we had done with Father Capadano, we had, uh, we had help from um, a, a, a different group here with Frontline Fathers. Um, we're in Father Capadano. The Capadano Guild helped us in, in so many ways. With Frontline Fathers, we had a uh, very wonderful collaboration with uh, CPBC. Uh, CPBC is the uh, Catholic um, channel. Uh, in Korea. It stands for Catholic Peace Broadcasting Corporation. And Matthew Shin and his people were, were, were invaluable in helping us get around. Uh, one of their cameramen was uh, one of the two cameramen we had on the filming of Frontline Fathers. We also had an Irish uh, cameraman and editor and producer, Colm Flynn. Uh, he flew in from Dublin to be with us, given his experience. And we combined uh, that with our own EWTN team to really have a, a full, if you will, international group uh, coming on base. Uh, one interesting story, while we were actually filming, or what we call production, uh, there was a group of bishops from around the world who were hosted by the Archdiocese of Seoul, which has a uh, kind of a peace commission, and they made a trip up to the DMZ, or what's known as the Demilitarized Zone, which separates the forces, the communist forces of North Korea from uh, U.S. Army and, and South Korean forces. And so they were in a house. Uh, this whole delegation stopped into a house, and it, it appeared that the North Korean soldiers were a little bit confused and perhaps even uh, a little bit startled by the large delegation that was walking really within uh, uh, yards of the, of, of, of the border. And so they uh, basically sent a, uh, a camera over uh, to basically go right against the window where everyone was meeting inside this house, which, again, is, is kind of in a, in a no-man zone. Um, it's not part of South Korea nor is it part of the North. And we had this uh, you know, interesting situation where one pane of glass separated two worlds. You had the world of North Korea and all the communist governance there and all the things that, that we're reading about and experiencing, and on the other side of one pane of glass, you had an entire different civilization. So that was the, the dramatic nature of that visit, and it's something that, would, that stayed with everyone. Um, Cardinal Oswald Gracias, who's the current Archbishop of Bombay, India, mentioned that, uh, you know, that in time, these clouds will pass, the clouds of war, the clouds of, of, uh, of this uh, style of governance, and that uh, his prayer, obviously, is that there, that there'd be peace again in the Korean Peninsula. Wow, what a story. 
So let me guess, you didn't get your hands on the footage that the uh, communist uh, North Koreans uh, took. Nor did we put our hands out the window and, and give them a high five. No, we, we, everybody was there and stayed comfortably within their, uh, the confines of that. But it's literally one pane of glass separated uh, two worlds, two di- completely different worlds, two completely different ways of living and seeing, seeing, seeing the world. And uh, so that was something that was very, very powerful, something that, that w- was captured uh, in the in, in the documentary, and so we really are very blessed and honored to have collaborated with the archdiocese on this project, and we hope that uh, there'll be great fruit, uh, specifically great vocational fruit, many more vocations uh, for those uh, young men who are discerning a vocation to the priesthood or are currently in active duty in any of the five branches of the U.S. military to consider. Uh, the the chaplaincy as a uh, as a vocation. Uh, we really do pray that that uh, many many men will will give their yes uh, following uh, the, this program. Well, we here at the Archdiocese appreciate that, and I should point out here that any any young man out there who feels called to the priesthood and military chaplaincy, uh, contact our vocations office, Father Aiden Logan, OCSO, uh, vocations at millarch dot org. Again, vocations at Millarch, that's short for Military Archdiocese, M-I-L-A-R-C-H dot org. So, John, uh, in the couple of minutes we have left, I want to ask you a little bit about your personal background. You're obviously a devoted Catholic and uh, a seasoned television producer. I really enjoyed working with you, what little I did behind the scenes to kind of give you some names and contact information and whatnot. Uh, very impressed with your professionalism. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I've, uh, I'm now in my 22nd year uh, working for EWTN here in Iondale. I was uh, born in New York, raised in Virginia and Maryland. Um, also spent some time um, in Chicago. And um, the rumors that I lived in Hawaii when I was two years old, I, I, I'd have to verify. Uh, <laughs> there, there's <laughs> photographic evidence proving that, but... I, I might have to get those looked at. Right. Uh, so uh, it's been a wonderful journey. Uh, I began here in 97, 1997, when we had 150 employees. Now we have more than 400. So it's really a lot of that growth in uh, in just our viewership and our the numbers of employees here it was really exponentially grew uh, following Mother's um, Mother Angelica's uh, cerebral hemorrhage in 2001, which uh, forced her obviously to remove herself from her on-camera um, life, if you will, uh, which, uh, which is a, was, a, I'm sure, a great cross for her, given the many years that she spent in front of the camera. So I did have a chance to meet with Mother, and uh, what we're really trying to do is, uh, is proclaim the, the, the beauty of the gospel, teachings of the Church, and uh, my role is, to, uh, is, is, is with our five-person uh, team here, uh, six, I'm, I'm me plus five, if you will, six-member team, to really, uh, if you will, expand the menu a bit uh, to uh, introduce documentaries, docudramas, movies, children's programs, just to really give people who may be at different uh, different uh, levels of spirituality of, of their own religious, uh, you know, faith, to give them you know different types of, of, of formats that they might find uh, enjoyable, and ultimately lead them to uh, to Christ and His Church. So it's been a great honor to to work here. Um, and as Mother said, it really is a vocational call here, though we don't obviously take any, 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 any specific vows as, as laymen and women. Uh, Mother, in her inimitable 
style uh, used to tell us at the in the late 90s over over one of our Thanksgiving talks uh, that she'd give every Thanksgiving that if we ever grow to feel that this work is a job we should we should leave that it, ha- it really requires that additional commitment uh, because of the natural and supernatural obstacles and I remember what Father Joseph Campbell uh, the chaplain again at Camp Humphreys said is that many of us you know, go through life wanting to make a, uh, you know, a big splash in life, right? Everybody wants to, you know, die a hero's death and everything like this. But he said that, um, he says it's, it's, it's really not like that. It's just like every other vocation in life, right? He said, uh, before you get to that level of the hero's death, you have to, and I'm quoting him here, be willing to die a thousand little anonymous crucifixions in the cubicle of the office. And that's something that uh, I think all of us can uh, really take to heart. And it's one of the many pieces of wisdom that both Father Paul Anthony and Father Joseph uh, gave to us and are giving to uh, the men and women at uh, Camp Humphreys uh, every day. Well, on that note, uh, I will uh, uh, say that, thank, first of all, thank you, John. John Elson of EWTN, the producer of an original documentary, an original EWTN documentary that will premiere 10 p.m. Eastern on uh, Wednesday, May 22nd, 2019, with repeat showings uh, the following morning, Thursday, May 23rd at 3.30 a.m., and again at 10 a.m. that Thursday. Uh, And if you miss all those times, and not to worry, you can see it again on Memorial Day, May 27th at 10 a.m. Eastern time. John, thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you, Taylor. It was an honor to be with you, and thank you so much for this opportunity.